late night movies with Rob and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm Zach. And I'm Rob. And here on Cinemodities, while we have that great static intro every single time, which is awesome, Zach and I love it, it really describes what we're trying to do here, uh, we do use the phrase off-kilter. Uh, there's some other words in there. Uh, I'm not the one who has to say it, so I don't remember it. Um, but you might be thinking at this point, well, they say they're doing these strange movies, and we have done some strange movies. Uh, but in that mix, we've kind of done some uh, blockbusters and famous ones. We talked about Total Recall, made a bunch of money. Batman vs. Superman, as much of a nightmare that was, that was, I don't know, would that consider a blockbuster, Zach? You would know better yeah. than I would. But yeah, you know, it's a kind of a mainstream movie. Last week was Triplets of Belleville, which are, kicked off our foreign animation series, but was also a, a well-known film. And we are continuing on in this series with another film that is probably even more well-known. This is actually the highest-grossing film in Japan, which I didn't know until I did my research after seeing this movie. Uh, this movie won Best Animated Feature Film in 2003. We talked about Triplets of Belleville didn't win. Lost to Finding Nemo. This one actually won. And lastly, most importantly, this is one of my obsessions. I love this movie so much, it's probably up there with one of the movies I've seen the most times. If I'm ever in need of something just to watch, I'll usually go to Law & Order, Odd Sack, or this. And today we are talking about Spirited Away. -na 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 -na! Zach, have you ever seen Spirited Away before? I have not. Yes, and so we're in the same boat as we were with The Triplets of Belleville, another one of these popular movies that Zach has never seen for some reason. So that's where I want to kick off with this movie being one of my favorites and I've known about it for such a long time and loved it for such a long time. Do you have any history with this movie, Zach, or was it just something you kind of never were interested in? What's the um, story? I, I have to say, when Rob suggested this to me and I finally watched it, I was very disappointed. I was expecting, oh. I was expecting to see Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron, the famous DreamWorks 2002 film about a horse voiced by Matt Damon. They say the history of the West was written from the saddle of a horse, but it's never been told from the heart of one. Now, they say the Mustang is the spirit of the West. The story I want to tell you is true. I was there. I was very disappointed when I did not get a, a Matt Damon talking horse. <laughs> I would imagine you can share my disappointment when you're, when you're expecting a Matt Damon voiced horse and you don't get that. But I've always been aware of Spirited Away. I, I, at first, I thought we were watching something else. I don't know what it was. Another one of the Studio Ghibli. I've been, what's the name of the little, little like, penguin guy that like, everybody loves? Oh, Totoro? Tor yes. Totoro, yes. My neighbor Totoro. Another, another one of my favorite movies. Okay. I, I've been aware of him forever. <laughs> okay. Him or Nate. Um, but I, I've always been aware of Spirited Away, but I've ne I, I, not like Triplets of Belleville, where I had this very long lengthy history of not watching it i i'd never seen it before prior to rob in this podcast man i think that 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 blows my mind that doesn't blow my mind because it's so popular and so many people know about it and love it and it gets all these great rankings and, and recognition um i'm a little surprised because i 
for my knowledge, I fell in love with this movie before I met Zach, and I can't believe I didn't show this to Zach or make Zach sit down and watch it. Because as Zach mentioned in a previous episode, I had my tiny collection of DVDs in my room back in the day, and this was certainly one of them. Uh, do you remember that? Do you remember seeing that? In my I little... don't remember Spirited Away. I have, mm. all, I have all the Thumb movies, Triplets of Bellboy, uh, Belleville, Hellboy. <laughs> no, I like Triplets at Triplets of Hellville. <laughs> Hellville, that, that's the movie we need. <laughs> but no, I okay. don't remember ever seeing Spirited Away. Hmm, interesting. Well, I think I, I think I uh, knew about this in middle school. I think maybe eighth grade is when I found this. And Zach and I did not meet until a few years later. So I'm going to get into it right away. I, uh, Zach and I watched the same version of the movie, and we watched the English-dubbed version. So with the English voice acting. Uh, of course we had to watch this version, because I know Zach was just so terribly disappointed I did not get to do my good old voice acting segment with Triplets of Belleville, because it's, it's pretty much quiet for the most part. Uh, but we're also watching the English version, because that's the version I first saw. I remember I found out about this movie through Toonami on Cartoon Network. Do you remember that, Zach, from back of in the day? Of course. How do you forget yeah. Toonami? And so I remember when this premiered on Toonami, and I was, saw commercials for it, and I still remember certain scenes from the movie being in the commercials. Um, and I watched it, and this was just a game changer for me. Just like Triple to Belleville was the thing that I saw, and it kind of made me realize you didn't need words to tell a story. You could do it with, with sound and visuals. This was kind of the movie that completely changed my perspective on how to tell a story. Because the first time I watched this movie, and uh, this is leading into my question for Zach, if he experienced something similar, I remember watching this and going, okay, this girl is trapped in some spirit realm at this bathhouse, and she has to work here. I get the gist of this. And then, you know, maybe 20 minutes goes by, and she's dealing with a stink spirit that's actually a river spirit. 20 more minutes, there's a giant baby involved. 20 more minutes, there's a giant no-face demon eating people. And then 20 minutes later, they're at some twin sister's house of one of the main characters, and everybody's kind of no, uh, knitting and having a nice meal. This movie threw me for a loop the first time I saw it. When I was finished, I was kind of like, what was the plot of that movie? And the more I watched it, the more I fell in love with it. I realized that the plot is amazing. It's incredibly detailed. But the way that they deliver this story was a train ride for me the first time. So what did you think about that, Zach? What did you think about the structure of this movie? Before I get into the structure of the movie, I, I, I first started off this and I was taking notes. At first, Ooh. I found it very jarring that um, I, much how like Rob has his Dean Norris uh, universe where everything is topsy-turvy. I was wondering where Lilo was, and I was also wondering where Stitch was. I'm like, I keep hearing Lilo's voice. Yeah, I don't see Lilo. Now I'm waiting for the little blue Stitch to come out, and I'm like, what? Where is this? Um, uh, but all kidding aside, I was watching this. I was taking notes for the first, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. And I can obviously, I, I'm waiting for the proverbial shoe to drop, because with any Rob movie, everything kind of starts off normal, and it gets progressively weirder. And this was the exact opposite in the sense of, no, not the exact opposite, though, but, like, where Rob stuff gets progressively weirder, this, it, it's, it starts off pretty normal, even up to, like, the weird out, like, like, the Audi, the car, like, I'm like, wow, like, that's, that's an insane amount of detail for an animated movie to put a <laughs> real-life car in there, but I get why they do it. 
and then yeah, I'm like, okay, and you watch in the come on because once like the parents start eating, like, oh, something bad's gonna happen down the, with the parents, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, because obviously I would imagine this is very similar to Alice in Wonderland in that she falls down the um, the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Taking my notes, and then after about 20 minutes, I kind of just got so absorbed in the film, I stopped. I, I much like Rob doesn't like it with Total Recall, but I got on the roller coaster and I just went for the ride. Like I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought okay. it, it was, it was. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was, yeah. Like, well done, Rob. You showed me a weird movie that didn't make me want to take a shower afterwards. Okay, look at that. Well, that's that's good. I'm I'm happy to hear that Zach enjoyed it. Um, you know, there, there's kind of that balance. You mentioned in in there that you said that there was this um this you know you waited for it to get weird for that shoe to drop, and yes, things kind of get weird in this movie, but but nothing is really uh, no. off putting, disengaging. Nothing is really kind of unbelievable. It really wraps you up into it. You know, it's done in a very in a very good way. Um, but when you really do get into the details, there's certainly very very weird things in this movie. You know, like uh, the, those three heads that Yubaba has, the green heads that just grunt and bounce around. Quiet down, you're making a racket. Like, that's just a very interesting, strange concept. And so yeah. things like that. But in the premise of the movie, you encounter these things. They're just scary new features of this world she's been forced into. And then, you know, they, they play their role later on. You don't really think about how weird they are, how strange they are. You really are immersed into that movie. And, you know, that that's nothing new uh, to say about it. That's what everyone's saying. That's why it has, has gotten so much recognition. But, okay, I'm glad you liked it, Zach. So what about that story structure? Did you have any, any comments on that from your viewing? Uh, no, I didn't think there was any. Like, I didn't think it was a peculiar um, structure in that I think it followed the same sort of template. Again, I, this is, again, doing my research for this, how much uh, Disney got involved with this during mm. the American Doug. Like, as I was watching this, like, I knew, um, being a Blu-ray collector, I knew that there was new. There was at least one release. I know that Disney did like the Studio Ghibli. Is that how you say it? I, I've always said Ghibli, but it, it may be Ghibli. Okay, Ghib- who, Ghibli, who Ghibli, whatever it is. Tomato, tomato. Uh, and I remember seeing like they did like their own release of all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, Disney has its fingers in the in the cookie jar for some portion of this. Yep. Then I did my research, like, oh, John Cat, oh, not John Ratzenberger. Um, oh my god, the guy's in trouble now. Oh my lord, what's his name? Um, oh, that's so many people, Zach. <laughs> uh, John Lasseter. John, John Lasseter. Okay. <laughs> when I saw that, it's and I did my research. I'm like, oh, John Lasseter was involved with this. I'm like, okay, there it is. Because this this is a this is a I would imagine it's probably one of the very few things I would call an unofficial Disney film in that okay. it is it had it's sentiment sentimentally slick through and through. It does it yes, some of the character designs are intentionally not jarring, but again, a little again, like I said, what, what's her name? Um Yubaba. Yubaba. Like yeah. Yubaba's obviously designed to be grotesque. Like she's designed to be grotesque looking to a certain degree, because she has very exaggerated features mm-hmm. compared to our human characters. And so you have all that though, but at the same time, you're looking at the again. The plot didn't really. It felt like that. Like it, it, it felt like a Disney film. The plot was there. You have this little girl who, again, very similar to Alice in Wonderland, gets drawn into this world against her will. But she does make friends along the way, and at the end of the day, she makes this world something better. She makes this world that she's inhabited for a very short amount of time something for the better. She goes on an adventure, 
and at the end of the day, all's well that ends well. And she's left. She's left the the world for a happier new reality. No, I, I, not to say conventional, because the film. I, I don't think the film's conventional in many other senses, but I think this one is. It's conventional to a T. Yes, the the story in and of itself, and as Zach described it, I think is great. You know what what our main character Chihiro brings to this world that she you know is just forced into. And she leaves it something better, not for that, just that place, but for herself, herself as well. It is, it's kind of a simple story. It's nothing new. It's, it's not, you know, uh, anything groundbreaking. But I think that's part of the reason I love this movie so much in that in how strange and, and maybe fast-paced might be a good way to put it, the, the story structure is, um, I really enjoy what they did with it. They took something conventional and, and they made it interesting. For, for me, who's someone who's usually like, I've seen this story told a million times, why are you telling it to me again? They, they put the right twist on it. Right on, right on. So, and to uh, respond to Zach's comment about what Chihiro does, I mentioned this to Zach once a while back, I don't know if he remembers, but Chihiro to me is a Wonder Woman. Like this is, her character to me is Wonder Woman. Of course, there's nothing. This movie has nothing to do with the DC comic book character. But like I mentioned in our ba uh, Batman v Superman episode, I find Wonder Woman the concept to be the amazing thing. And kind of her maturity, Chihiro's maturity through this movie, how she just deals with what she's faced with. You know, she does what she has to do to survive, and she betters herself and this place for it. Like we said. That is great. I love that character arc. I love that character development. It is awesome. And you mentioned it before. Her voice actor is the same as Lilo from Lilo and Stitch. Uh, I absolutely love Chihiro's voice in this movie. I know a lot of people, or maybe not a lot, but some people find it annoying or grating in some parts. Uh, hello, are you Kamaji? <laughs> Who told me to come here and ask you for work? Could you give me a job, please? What did you think about that, Zach? Did you find it too high-pitched? It's Lilo. So why do you sell me by a rabbit instead? At least a rabbit will behave better than you! Go ahead, then you'll be happy because it will be smarter than me, too! And quieter! I don't like it because it's stinky like you! I, I, I hear that, and it's like, it's like, where is Stitch? And it's like, okay. it's like, like I'm not, like, somebody who grew up with, I love Lilo and Stitch, I love that movie, I watched the TV show a lot when it was on, I have no problems with her voice. Like, the only thing about it is okay. that, obviously, I just, I think it's really weird that considering this and Lilo and Stitch came out at, during the same, like, within, like, three or four months of each other. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, mixed, I don't know, when was this released in Japan? I think, I think this was 2001 in Japan, and this was 2002 in the U.S., so I'm pretty sure. Okay. So two th July 2001, so roughly a year before, um, no, because obviously in Japan it didn't have the U.S. dub, so the U.S. version came out, what, in September of 2002? That sounds right, I would, I would okay. believe that, yeah. And Lilo and Stitch came out, I think, in June of 2002, so I think it's really weird that Disney, like, I would imagine just the whole idea, oh, she's good, just have her do both, no, one, like, no, one's, <laughs> no one's gonna see this, so just, it works, she's in the studio, just pay her an extra 10 grand. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, I that's just thought a good that was point. Considering the fact that it, and obviously it is, because I would imagine both of these things are probably recorded within the same six month span. They had her do both. Mm-hmm. No, I could cut uh, Devay Chase or whatever her name is. She, like I said, no, she's 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 solid. Like I said, it, it's because she has one skin. She's a kid. She only has one voice. She doesn't know how to throw her voice just yet. Do multiple <laughs> voices, but yeah, no, she works. It yes, works. I like it. I, I love it. She has some of the best lines in the movie. I really like that they kept a lot of the, um, in the English version, they kept a lot of the, the kind of tiny dialogue. You know, they, uh, in, in a lot of Japanese films and anime, you know, they, they will have characters kind of say a word or two, which is just what they're doing. And that's not something you get in, in American TV shows and movies a lot. And they kept that for this, you know, like, uh, like it's the scene where, Chihiro is, she realizes she's trapped in this place because, like, the sun went down. There's water that is going to take her back to the car. And she's just, like, by the, the water and she's saying, it's a dream, it's a dream. Like, disappear, disappear, go away. And then she starts to turn see-through. And when she sees this, she says the line, I'm see-through. Just a dream, just a dream. Like, it's a great line, but no American writer, I think, would ever write that. They would just say, okay, you can see she's see-through, she's scared, we're going to move on with it. And they keep a lot of that from the original dialogue in here. And that's, I think, where we get a lot of the best lines of the movie. Her saying, I'm see-through, is one of them. I really like that one. And what she does, I agree, is fantastic in this movie. She's a great character. Who else do we have? What other characters? Any other characters stand out to you? I don't know. Like I said, like, like, they're all in, like, and they're all visually interesting. Like I, said, I, I know these. I, I could sit there and describe the characters better than I can name them because they're obviously uh, all yes. different. Yes. Kamaji, he's interesting just because of how many arms he has and how he just kind of operates with six different. Yeah, yeah, that arms. is cool. Oh, like, like I said, I there's there's a lot of this. Like I said, they're all and all the characters are they're unique. Um, there's no I, I, other than the um, the toads who obviously work throughout the place and the. Are the young women supposed to be captured as well, or are they just are they lost, or are they their own species? Or I think it's something where like uh, I don't know. I've never. I think they they are their own species. I've never got the sense that they were lost or captured. But they, they don't were... look weird. They just look like women. Yeah, I think it's something where maybe um you know they for some reason. Maybe when, uh, you know, we don't really get any history of the bathhouse in the movie, but Yubaba runs the bathhouse. Maybe when she was starting it or she needed workers and she found this this group or tribe of these beings and kind of got them here. Because Lynn, one of the main ones, she talks about wanting to leave that place. And, you know, she gets excited when Kamaji has the train tickets and stuff like that. What was that, the whole thing with the train? What was the what was obviously the train is this is transit for spirits, mm-hmm. but the train only goes one way from now on. What's what is that supposed to? You know what I I've, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it means about the one way. Um, maybe is uh, I guess I've kind of come to see it as symbolism for just the exit. Like it's you know this isn't the exit she was looking for because Chihiro's whole thing was oh I'm just going to save my parents and we're going to go back to our car and we're going to be good. But it ended up that she needed to get on this train for the spirits to to leave the bathhouse to truly find her exit. Um, I've always questioned that. It's like, what's the point of calling a train run one way? Like, it doesn't just run one way. Yeah. It like it's it would just be a loop. <laughs> like, 
like the train just doesn't stop and never go again somewhere. So I, I don't know. I've never understood the idea of one-way trains in, in general, I would say. This is one of those ones where I think Rob's going to be a little disappointed in me, though. But I watched this, and I did not – I guess I, I enjoy – I guess I really – like, this is something, again, I, much like our Fantastic Planet episode, and I erroneously said Marilyn Manson. I was watching this going, oh, dear Lord. Like, considering how like, creatively bankrupt Disney is, it's like, how long until they try to redo this? It's like, how long oh, until man. Jared Leto wants to be – Chihiro. <sighs> no, he'd be Kamaji. He'd love the idea of having, like, eight limbs and, like – He'd yes. love that. Yeah, he would. Like he would. as I was watching this, that was like my big thing. Like, oh dear lord, someone's gonna try to remake this. Like, like I, I, I don't know. Like, in, in, does does Disney own the rights to this? I really don't know. I really do not know for sure. Do they own Studio Ghibli. Ghibli. Do they, do they own the rights to them. You know what? I, I, I don't believe so. But I've never really oh, checked God. to be certain. Oh, they'll buy them. It doesn't matter. They'll buy them. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I, one day. Like, that's my, that's my issue with, not my issue with this, though. It's like, I'm watching this, and it's just, and I mean this in the most positive way um, possible, but it's, like, so conventional. Like, like, it's conventional the same way The Lion King is conventional. It's that Shakespearean tale of the father, the son, and the uncle in the palace intrigue. And this is, again, it's, it's Alice in Wonderland. That, that's a, what this is. It's about mm. a girl who gets sucked into another world. It's just such a relatable story, but it's 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 that old adage that there's only ten stories in the history of the universe, and it's just every time you have a new one, it's just the same story re- redressed. And and I feel that's what this is. It's just it's a, a story we all know and love, and it's being retold. And the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, it's kind of like when they threatened to remake uh, Beatles Yellow Submarine live action, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh no. And now it's like with this, it's like, oh god, how long? How much longer until they do this? Because it's just it works. It's such a it's such yes. a perfect little story. It's such a well-made film, and like, and never mind. You can't just you can't just put it in theater so people can join. No, you got to redo it in three D animation, <laughs> so you um, homogenize it so it looks like everything else that's out there. Yep. And it's like it's like oh god, but yes. So I guess I, I think Ross will be disappointed. Much like our our Total Recall episode, I find this a a stellar film. I guess I was genuinely kind of surprised how much I was sucked in within those first 20 minutes. I kind of just said, okay, I'm going to go along for the ride. It's like I, I good, buckled good. in. I sat, I sat in my little seat. They pulled the <laughs> bar up in front of me, and I said, wee! <laughs> I, I don't usually say wee during this movie because I find most of this movie to be incredibly sad to me. Oh, but, really? Yeah, I find this movie very sad. I find this oh. movie incredibly sad. <laughs> oh, I found this, at the very end, I found it very uplifting. Oh, the, the end. No, it certainly has a happy ending, but kind of uh, the emotions I get from the majority of the movie, I would say, are, are sadness. Like, you know, the first scene when Haku takes her to see her parents is pigs, and she, like, her response is to scream at them and run out. So look hard. It's up to you to remember which ones they are. Don't you worry! I promise I'll get you out of here soon! Just don't get any fat or I'll eat you! And then when she's eating, she starts crying. Like, that's a very, that's a very well-done scene. Like, that's, that's a way to make me feel the emotion like i, I have a big thing I, I enjoy things that are cathartic like i want to feel something from these these things and this actually does it i'm glad you enjoyed this movie zach that's kind of what i was hoping for you should i love this movie so much like i said it's one of my obsessions um something that i do want to do is i want to ask you a few things about the movie because i have come to view this movie or or when i watch this movie i feel it feel certain things at certain scenes that are completely different from the first time I watched it. And the first example of this is 
the scene where Chihiro has to go down the, sa- the stairs to get to the boiler room. So, you know, the, the giant set of exterior wooden stairs that she yes. ends up, you know, like one breaks and she starts running down and screaming. How did you feel during that scene when you were watching her? Just that whole whole experience. What, what was she going on? She has a very hard time walking downstairs in this movie. Like, she's not a, a uh, graceful or she has very little poise. Like, she's always <laughs> stumbling to, like, maneuver around. That, 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 that's a hallmark of her character is that whether it be the stairs or like even when she has to shoot with the little coal monsters, <laughs> the soot monsters, and then even when she's trying to bathe the dirty soul monster, she's just she's constantly struggling to maneuver. You! Ah! Oh. Uh. 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 Stan! I know, I'll talk to him. It's it's just, it's just, he's so bad at moving his body. It's, and I, I just find that interesting. <laughs> I, I, obviously, there's, there's something to be said about that. And I, I, my philosophy is, is that it's just about her character. She's trying to find her way in this world, and she does not have her foothold on anything. Mm-hmm. Right on. So, uh, the first time I saw that, that scene with the stairs, I, I remember feeling anxious. I was like... Oh my God! Like, why? Why is she gonna do this to herself? Like, because she starts by going down one step at a time, almost like crawling down them, and then one of them breaks, and she just kind of stumbles and then has to run down them. The first time I saw that, I was I was legitimately anxious. Now, when I watch it, I think it's hilarious. I think it's one of the funniest parts of the movie because you know what's gonna happen. You know, she's gonna land like right on her face when she gets to the one of the plateaus. <laughs> but you bring up a good point. She is not graceful. Um, the thing that I love about her, whenever she runs, her arms are up at right angles, like perfect right angles, like she's carrying like a barbell or something, and she's just screaming most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I think that is part of the character in that she's not meant to be. And then, like I guess by the end of the film, obviously, she has her entire her act put together. Yes, yes. So, did you notice, this one took me a long time of watching, but I, I think that it's it's pretty interesting. Um, at the end of the movie, or close to the end of the movie, when uh, she feeds the, the thing she got from the river spirit to No-Face, and he starts throwing up everywhere, and he's chasing her through the bathhouse, and mm-hmm. she's trying to lead him out, there's a scene where she takes him downstairs, and she runs down the stairs with her arms up, but she's not screaming. And when she gets to the bottom of the stairs, she, like, hits the wall, but she puts her arms forward to brace herself. And then she runs, and she gets no face to run into the wall. So the whole stairs thing pays off at the end. Like, she yep. gets the fast stair thing. Did you, so did you pick up on that when you watched that the first time? I did not pick, I, I remember the scene now that you've brought it up. Mm-hmm. But I do not, I do not remember that, or, or pulled from that what you did. Okay, it, like I said, it took me, uh, I don't know, I must have seen this movie 500 times or something in my life. It took me a while to realize this, but when I did, I was like, that's so cool! And so that was that was a great part. So, like, the, st- the stairs pay off. <laughs> There's a scene where Yubaba has to, like, uh, make a call, or someone calls her while she's in her office, and her phone is just a skull. Like, it's not like a skull and something else. It's just the skull. Like, the skull, like, it chatters, and the person's voice that's calling her talks through it. 
and she just talks at the skull and it goes to a phone. Like the foreman on the other end has a phone and she talks through a skull. Did you notice this? Oh man, I did. I, I mean, this is why I should have watched an additional 483 times. Yes, you got to catch so up I, to me. <laughs> I got to catch up on things like this. I did not. So I know a couple times she's talking on the phone. And honestly, we haven't gotten to her um, child yet. <laughs> but no, uh, she lives in a very, very specific world that she's created for herself. Yes. I love that skull phone. I would I would love to have a skull phone like that. That would be so cool. Uh, oh, something I didn't mention. Um, the animation in this movie. I think that goes without saying that it's, it's, it's pretty great. You know, I love the animation in this movie. Um, a few scenes I really like when... Uh, Chihiro gets handed money from the the stink spirit and her like whole body like frizzes up but it comes in a wave and it like goes up and down it's it's done so well all of the water in this movie is beautiful beautiful water i think water plays a big part you know with her and haku being a river spirit as well but it is done wonderfully the thing i wanted to know if you picked up on zach um at the very beginning of the movie when the the parents like and Chihiro go to explore. They walk through like the dark tunnel, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the movie, they walk out of the same tunnel. Did you did you realize that it was the exact same shot? Like it's not even just the same shot animated two different ways. It is the exact same bit of the movie. Like they copied the animation from when they walk through the tunnel. Oh both yeah, times. yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely picked up on that. Yes, the fact that them she clings onto her mother's arm. Yes. Be careful. You're gonna make me fall. And I think that is such an awesome device. Of, of a movie because you know that's the only dialogue we get is her mother saying that but Chihiro you know has a certain facial expression and it's the same facial expression when they're walking in at the beginning and when they're leaving at the end but they convey so many different emotions and that is just a wonderful kind of bookend to this story to wrap up that kind of level of maturity that you know you're going through the same thing but you now see it in a completely different way wonderful wonderful stuff Seth. wonderful glad you picked up on that i knew you'd i knew you'd pick up on something i knew you'd actually watch on this something <laughs> i think before every time rob shows me one of his movies rob should do like betting odds like how he thinks i'm going to like respond to it it's like okay here are the odds it's like two to one odds zach will be detested but i like, will detest this movie up up ten to one that he'll like it a thousand to one he'll love it <laughs> Uh, yeah, we could start some gambling ring, I think. That'd be pretty cool. Maybe I could take... Rob, again, what Rob thinks, I'm going to respond to the movies he shows me. Yeah, keep book from the audience. Like, we'll do, like, a Twitter gambling ring or something leading up to an episode. (laughs) Yeah, Zach thinks of the movie. Yeah, okay, okay. And and you can't do any, like, shady deals. Like, you can't go in cahoots with somebody to, to split money. No, you can't. I'm forbidding you from doing that, Zach. Oh, you're no fun. You have to be unbiased. I see what the betting odds are for like what the movie like coming up days. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna hate this so much. <laughs> Intentionally walking, I'm gonna hate this crap. Yeah, you'll send out one tweet, all the odds will change and all the bets will shift and things like that. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Oh man, you just want you just want power over the masses, Zach. Exactly. <laughs> can I do? Can I bet on my own liking of the movie? Um, no. That would counteract the the unbiased. That would give you that would oh, conflict geez. conflict of interest, Zach. Right? I guess so. Are you saying that this could be you could retain like objectivity? neutrality? Yeah, objectivity, neutrality, all that stuff. If you if you bet on yourself to to not like a movie, I'm tempted to. I'm, I'm tempted to try. <laughs> well, Zach, we all know that you are just a money hungry person. So yes, 
So I, I don't I, know. I, I don't I know. Ch- they tell you not to chase the money. I chase the money. <laughs> okay, let's take bets right now. If Zach can stay objective about about a movie he's going to dislike or like. Oh, okay. Anyway, before we get in trouble for starting illegal gambling rings on Twitter, even though they probably exist, yeah, I guess, you know, we pretty sum- pretty much summed up what this movie is, the conventional story, the, the Wonder Woman character, and people know so it. So Wonder that- Woman, like the Wonder Woman, that's just a ranking now we use for female characters? I would say it's a ranking for any character. Doesn't necessarily have to be female, but that that makes it more likely that it would be a Wonder Woman. I Wonder can't think Woman. of any examples right off the top of my head, but I'm sure we'll come to some some non-female character that will be a Wonder Woman at Wonder some Woman. point. Some point. Yeah, but yeah, it's like you know, it's a concept. It's not just like specifically Gal Gadot. It's not specifically uh, the DC comic book character from a certain time period. It's the it's the idea of Wonder Woman. So of course we got to do it. I already mentioned it a little bit, how great some of the lines are in this movie. Chihiro saying she's see-through, that one's awesome. I love the one near the start when the uh, the father is just like, we're going to take this car into the woods. We're just going to drive through the woods with this car, you know, as we're trying to move to this house. And Chihiro says something like, oh, this is dangerous, slow down. And the father says, we're fine, I've got four-wheel drive. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, I think we're lost. We're fine. I've got four-wheel drive. <laughs> Sit down, please, sweetie. Like, I don't care. You're going 60 through the woods. You can have as much wheel drive as you want. Like, if you're, hit, you're hitting a rock, you're hitting a rock, and that tire's popping. <laughs> I, just, I just found that weird, too, the fact that he's driving, like, 40, 50 miles an hour. He's like, I'm going to get there come hell or high water. Yeah. And it's like, until he's he gets a little tearing little... through that place. <laughs> Yeah, he, he needs to get there quick. Oh, man. Okay, we have another great Chihiro line. Um, when uh, I think it's one of her first days on the job, she's working with Lynn, and they're put on the big tub. And Lynn tells her that they're going to need to soak the tub to clean it. So she's like, go go to the, uh, the foreman and get an herbal bath token. And she's like, a what? And Lynn explains the herbal bath token. And then Chihiro says, okay, and leaves, pops back onto the screen real, real quick and goes, Hey, Lynn, what's a foreman? This is clearly harassment. We'll have to soak it off. Get an herbal soak token from the foreman. What? An herbal soak token. Right. Hey, Lynn, what's a foreman? Great, great delivery of that line. (laughs) And now, probably my favorite line in the movie. I don't know if you're going to even remember this line, Zach. This line is is not because of what is said. It's because of how it is delivered. Like, I love the way that the voice actor says this line so much. It is the my favorite line in the movie. Uh, before Chihiro is working at the bathhouse uh, and Lynn is trying to get her to Yubaba, they're going through, like, a sequence of elevators to get her up to the top floor. And when they get off of one of the elevators, the door is open and there's just this giant white character with, like, this red hat. And Lynn kind of, you know, freaks out because she's just trying to go around unnoticed. But she says, the radish spirit. The radish spirit. And that's it. That's my favorite line in this movie, Zach. The way this sounds is unbelievable to me. Like, I could listen to this bit on repeat for hours and I would not get tired of it. It is said in such an amazing way. The radish spirit. So my first question. 
My first question for you, Zach, is do you remember this at all? I do remember that line because it's the creature when she when she's trying to help her throughout the entire um, bathhouse. Yes. And it's a character that's like constantly just like right there. And that's what um Oh god, Sin. I'm calling her Sin. Sin. <laughs> Sin or Sin? Sin with an E. Oh, that's no fun. I thought it was Sin because she's evil. Um, <laughs> no, but she's hero. I'm like I'm like, oh, and that's a character that uh, she was into the elevator with. Yes, yes. I I, I, did, I do remember that line. The radish spirit. I okay. do in fact remember that the line. The radish spirit. I I say that on a weekly basis probably like like i'll just run into people it won't be the radish spirit unfortunately and i'll be oh, like the geez. radish spirit the radish spirit and they'll go they'll look at me so strangely and then i'll just go about my business <laughs> i hate when that happens when people call you the radish spirit yeah the radish spirit <laughs> how often does that happen would you say too often too, too often? often. Damn. I don't I don't think I've ever been called the radish spirit, unfortunately. Well, you have lived the appropriate life. Do you wear a red hat with greens underneath it? I, I on occasion. <laughs> the radish spirit. So another thing I wanted to bring up to Zach, because uh, we, we did talk about the Disney uh, Disney getting their hand in this movie. Um, something that I don't think they had their hand in, of course, but uh, made me think of. So when uh, Chihiro, No Face, uh, the baby, which is now a mouse, the the crow or the raven, whatever it is that is now uh, a, a gnat or fly or whatever. They all go to uh, Zabina's house or Zaniba. Sorry, Zaniba. I switched my letters around. Zaniba's house, and they are guided to Zaniba's house by like an ancient version of the Pixar lamp. Like the lamp that has a foot and it jumps around and hops and like provides light oh, for them. Oh yeah! The like what? Is, that's like the Pixar lamp's grandpa or something. Like that's the original Pixar lamp. I think it even sounds like the Pixar lamp. Well, I told you. I, that's the thing that has me so um, questioning this movie is that I, I, it just feels like Disney's involved with this. It just feels like. Because it has that same sort of schmaltz to it. Well, again, saying that without any sort of con- like any- yes, sure. Yeah, <laughs> there is that level of schmaltz where it's like, okay, like I've seen like was this considered anime? I don't really know a good definition of anime, but I would say so. I don't see why not. It's in the same art style. It's not a series, but I don't think it, an anime has to be a series. But I, I guess I don't know. It just feels like. The story of a Disney film with just different with foreign well Japanese animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy, simple story. Japanese animation. I can see that. And there's nothing real outside of some of the character designs. There's nothing really weird about this. I guess. I guess there's nothing super weird. You know, this this might be one of those another one of those situations of you know men, women, and children versus Breaking Bad, things like that. Just some some ideas, the choices in the writing, and things like that. But. Uh, Nothing's new. Nothing's off-putting, strange. Nothing's like groundbreaking. Things of that nature. It is. It no. is rather tame, certainly. Yes, this is this is extremely tame by a Rob movie standard. <laughs> we're we're getting them out of the way early. I guess that's how Zach should look at it. When we get into the deeper series of stuff that I have, Zach's going to be like, "Oh, I, I wish for the simpler time of Spirited Away." 
Yeah. I, I have a feeling I'll be saying that very shortly. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Zach, it has, it has come time. Are you prepared? Are you, are you ready for this? Not the voice actor talk. Yes, we're doing the voice actor talk. We have to do it for this movie. You already started it. You brought out, You even said the name of the voice actor for Chihiro. Davey, uh, Davey, Davey, I think it is Davey. I think I looked up a pronunciation. Davey Chase voices Chihiro. Of course, also Lilo from Lilo and Stitch. But Zach, did you also know that she is Samantha Darko from Donnie Darko? Uh, I did not know that until recently, but I did know that she was on the little girl from the ring. Oh yes, look at that! Zach is Zach is trying to beat beat me to my points. <laughs> so Samantha Darko uh, was the younger sister that was in Sparkle Motion, if I remember correctly. Uh, and and Zach, I have to I have to say to you that sometimes I doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion. Okay, just. But now you can't go. Yes. Hmm. Now, believe me, of all the other mothers, I would never dream of asking you, but none of the other mothers are available to go. I don't know, Kitty. It's a bad weekend. Eddie's in New York. Rose, I don't know if you realize what an opportunity this is for our daughters. This has been a dream of Samantha's and, and all of ours for a long time. I made her lead dancer. Sometimes I doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion. Yeah. Just let me. <laughs> I'm doubting it too. Zach is thrilled. <laughs> All right. So, Devay Chase is great. She does a great job in this movie. I love love Chihiro. Love the voice acting. Um, another great voice actors in this movie uh, of Haku. You shouldn't be here. Get out of here now! What? It's almost night. Leave before it gets dark. They're lighting the lamps. Get out of here. You've got to get across the river. Go! I'll distract them. Jason Marsden. I love this guy's voice. Like, this guy is a voice actor I've known for a long time. Uh, he's in some smaller movies. I think he's done some TV shows, sitcoms and stuff. He has an awesome voice. I love it. Other things he's been in. He's Max from a Goofy movie. Oh, uh, how about that? Yeah, See, Disney. A, I told you, Disney's got God's fingers in the pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, he is also uh, Noel Kreis from the Final Fantasy Thirteen trilogy. All this time, you've been dreaming of a new world where you're reunited with Yule. It's no dream, Lightning. The future is right there in the Oracle Drive. If I kill the Savior, then the world will be reborn. And this time, it's going to happen like it's supposed to. It's going to work. I failed once before, long ago. But you know that story. Uh, it wouldn't be right unless Final Fantasy is of course. in here somehow. Great character, great character. I don't think he's in the first one, actually. I think he's in Final Fantasy thirteen two and Lightning Returns. I don't think he's in the, in thirteen. Great voice. Awesome, awesome voice actor. He should get more stuff to do. Uh, David Ogden Steers, the voice of Kamaji, the Boiler Man. So here you go. Disney, once again, Zach. This guy's the voice of Dr. Jumbo Jukiba from Lilo and Stitch. So we even have a crossover uh, of two oh. from, from this to Lilo and Stitch. He is also 
Cogsworth from Kingdom Hearts 2. So not Beauty and the Beast the movie, but in Kingdom Hearts 2, you go to Beauty and the Beast world, and you get to talk to Cogsworth, and he's Cogsworth. Something else that I also wanted to, to tell you that I found, I couldn't find a lot of, uh, I couldn't find multiple resource of, resources for this, but some people seem to think that David Ogden Steers was the announcer, that is the only credit for it, in THX 1138. Is there... Any way you would know more about this? Because I think you have a more knowledge of THX than I do. Is there anyone we can tweet, Zach? Who can we tweet about this? I don't know. It's possible. I could, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Lucas did that. But to be fair, it's one of his earlier film roles. So I don't, or I guess, it's like, according to what I'm reading, it's his second. It's yeah, possible. That's, that's I saw. Yeah. It's possible. Okay. Next one I got on my list is Susan Egan. And she, of course, is the voice of Lynn delivering the great, the radish spirit line. She's also Megara from Hercules. Seen that I'm Disney not. movie? Never I'm seen not. that Disney movie? <laughs> uh, John Ratzenberger. This, <gasps> of course. He is, uh, he is one of the frogs. He's the assistant manager frog. Uh, he's Ham. Ham the piggy bank from Toy Story. I like that. He's in all the Pixar movies. Yeah. He's also, also in Empire Strikes Back. Ooh, who was he in that one? He's a generic rebel officer. Oh. <laughs> he has a mustache, but he has is, an action figure. Oh, do you have the action figure? I might. I'm, I don't know. I might not. I might have deliberately bypassed him, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I might, but it's in cold storage or something like that. <laughs> no, it's in carbonite. It's in carbonite. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, the foreman, which we mentioned before in this movie. Uh, who who doesn't want to give Chihiro a an herbal soak bath token? I can't waste a token on you. Relax, good morning. Enjoy, have a nice bath. For the radish spirit. One sulfur salt. Why are you still standing here? Scrub it yourself. I'm not giving you a token. Relax, good morning. Uh, this is voiced by Roger Bumpus. I believe you pronounce his last name Bumpus, but it is certainly spelled bump ass. Uh, this is Squidward from Spongebob. squidward I, I thought that was interesting because I had never picked up on that. That is something that I never really realized. Uh, but once I, once I, you know, heard it and watched the movie again, or read it and watched the movie again, I was like, oh, oh, clearly. And, you know, we'll have to show off, show it off with some voice clips. Three, two, one. I'm done with my ship, Mr. Krabs. And let me just say, there will come a day when I will make something of my life and I will never have to set foot in this grease trap again! Yeah, we'll see you after your lunch break, Squidward. Okay. He is also Professor Membrane from Invader Zim. Uh, I don't know if Zach's watched a lot of that, but we're certainly going to talk a, about it. That is a weird-ass show. That's on, Zach knows I put that on the list of stuff for us to talk oh, about. Oh, <laughs> no. All right. So the next one I have, which I was actually surprised by, uh, The Voice of the Baby. So Yubaba's giant baby, who has very few lines in this whole movie, and then gets turned into a, like a mouse at, at a certain point. This is Tara Strong. Tara Strong is Dill Pickles from the Rugrats, Timmy Turner from the Fairly Odd Parents, Raven from Teen Titans, Bubbles from the Powerpuff Girls, oh, Plum okay. from the Bravest Warriors, Sonny Baudelaire from the recent Netflix series of a series of unfortunate events. She's a she has like eight lines in this movie. That's crazy. The next one which I, I've been holding off, because I, I want to know, do you know who the voice of Chihiro's father is? 
Did you uh, did you pick it out from when you watched the movie? Uh, yes, Michael Chiklis. Michael Chiklis. As, as, as I read the Wikipedia page, <laughs> he's Ben. How did he not think Ben Grimm from that from the fan the the first few Fantastic Four movies? They're probably not the first. Four stick. Was that Fan Four stick? No. Or was that was that Fantastic Four? They're all Fan Four stick. Oh, they're all Fan Four stick. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I Michael Chiklis. He has he has even less lines than the baby. I think who actually might have more because he talks about having cash and credit cards when he's just shoveling food into food his to face. His mouth. Yes. Um, all and probably even fewer lines. Uh, Jim Ward, who's the River Spirit that Chihiro helps out. Uh, that's Captain Quark from Ratchet and Clank which he has many more lines in and actually appears in multiple games. Did you learn something, Zach, from this, oh, this week's voice acting corner? Did you learn something? I, I'm always learning something. He's always. Zach comes out of these a better person. And I only got hit with a little bit of battery acid that time. So, I had to refill the spritz bottle, folks. Yeah, he didn't, I was wearing goggles so it wouldn't get in my eye and, and throw off my game or anything like that. But that's it. We ran through it, Zach. We got all all the voice acting in I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Zach, you survived again. <laughs> Do we want to move on? Do we want to move on to some real questions with this movie, Zach? Is that where we we're at? I think we should. I think we should? Okay, so there's something I want to bring up about this movie. Because since it's one of my obsessions, you better believe that this is a late night movie to me. This is something that I would absolutely show people. And I've said a lot before, there's certain things we talked about that are like never on the list, they're never on the queue. This is the thing that's usually pretty close to the top. Because not only do I want other people to see it, I want to see it again. <laughs> so this is absolutely a late night movie to me. Zach, I have a quick question for you. Would you show this to the action figures of yours that haven't already seen it as a late night movie? So really, I'm asking you, would you watch it again? Oh, I definitely watch this again. Unlike Great. Fantastic Plant, that makes me feel uncomfortable, or Breaking Bad, that makes me watch want to watch the whole series. <laughs> this was this or, or uh, Frank Ocean, where I sat there and went, "What?" For 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 eighty minutes or how long is that? Forty minutes? Yeah, forty five minutes. Yeah, forty five minutes. No, this was like legitimately good. This is this is something that I, I can. This is good. Rob's not gonna like this, but I think this is in the same camp as Total Recall. I think this is a great film. I think this is something you could probably show to anybody. Like, I think this is probably the only G-rated film on the Cinemodis list where I think it's applicable for all ages. So, so are you are you saying that uh, this is similar to Total Recall in the sense that you quotes? I'm doing quotes to quote Zach because I don't believe this. We don't want to put our stink on it. Is that what you're saying? Yes, this movie? I think this oh, is too good of a movie. For, I, I, again, <laughs> I would agree. This is a good. This is a great film. That does not need the prestige or the. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, what's the opposite of prestige? Um, like, what is like a, a soul monster? The stink of a soul monster. It does not need our stink. Oh no, no. It deserves. It deserves our status. Status as a late night movie. Uh, what about what about Would you say it's a cinemodity? No, I, I don't think it applies. I guess I, you can make it a late night movie if you want. But I, I think if you're trying to weird someone out, this is not the film to do it. I agree with that. I don't think it's a weird out film. Um, it's not Fantastic Planet. It's not Star Wars The Clone Wars where it's just uh, oddly put together. It's, it's, I think it's a, it's a very conventional story. It has, very, has great animation. It has fantastic characters. It has a nice little... Oh, God. Um, 
has a, has a cute ending. It has an ending that sits there, puts you, again, makes puts you in a good mood. And I think that's what it is, though. I do, I think if I can, like Rob had some, like Rob says, I have you're late at night with somebody, and they're over at your house and before <laughs> bedtime, and you have them in your clutches. Like Rob puts this, like as if you're you're about to put someone in a dungeon, like you're shackling them up, you're putting them like on a little torture board that like stretches you. Like yeah, so, Rob, isn't it a nice surprise where you get put in a dungeon scenario and then you get to watch this? <laughs> Like, that's what Rob makes it sound like, though. Rob's putting him, like, downstairs in the dungeon. Like, Rob's going to tie you up in the basement. And he puts him, like, and then, like, afterwards, you're like, that was nice. And it's like, and, and like, I can imagine, like, Rob's like, okay, now, now this is where the fun begins. And he puts all the weird crap. And it's like, like that's what I mean, though. I, again, I would, like, much how, like, Rob said that Star Wars The Clone Wars was an introductory cinematic. I would think this is even before that. I think this is a, if you're going to even call it that, I think this would be something you, this is how you really ease someone into the water. Yeah, you know, with, with what you're saying, and now that I think about it, maybe this isn't so much a cinemodity. It, it, it's not. It's just good. It's just it's, all it's a great good. It, it's a great film that it's just straight up good. It's like it's it, it's not it, cookie cutter. You know, it's it's, it's no. unique to enough. You know, it's unique without being uh, alienating or disenfranchising. Yes, which is very, which might be one of the highest rankings you can hold a cinematic and something that's weird yet not off-putting. Yeah. Oh man. Oh wow. Okay. I really don't know now. <laughs> see, Rob. See, Rob. I guess Rob. When you showed this to me, what, what did you think I was? My opinion on it was going to be. Uh, I figured you were going to give me something pretty uh, similar to what you gave me for Triplets of Belleville, where you were kind of like, it was good. I enjoyed it, but it's like you know, great. Like I got it in my library now. And that kind of is what you gave me, but I think you, for Spirited Away, you've given me a little more enthusiasm for the material. Yes, I, I like this more. Spirited Away, uh, Spirited Away is, like I said, it's much more, again, it's not trying to push people away by any means. Mm-hmm. Like, like yes, there is that that kind of bridge you have to cross, cross much like, go look up her name again. Oh, now I want to look up Michael Chiklis. Much <laughs> like Chitiro, you have to cross the bridge. And that's what it is. Once you get over, like, again, uh, Yubaba and some of the other stuff, like, once you get past that, it's like, no. And even, like, you have Granny at the end, which I think, which I have to admit is a little too, at the very, very end, that'd be my only thing, is that it gets a little too bittersweet almost in that, like, it gets so schmaltzy between, like, you can call me Granny, honey. While you're thinking, the boys and I are going to make you something, and I want you to call me Granny from now on. Okay, Granny. It's like it's like. So when are you gonna change my friends back? They could change back anytime they wanted to. And it's like, really? Then it's like, how about you, No Face? Why don't you stay here? I could use an assistant. He's like, oh. And then it's like, and then like obviously, like a Haku Haiku comes back, and it's like, okay. So the moment she took the train, we saw how far this train was just going out into like the the Outlands. I'm like, okay, there's no way she's walking back. Yeah. Like clearly, <laughs> clearly, he's going to turn into the dragon and come back and get her. And now, this is my other question: What happens at the end where he stops turning into a dragon, yet he can still fly? I, I know he was a river that got demolished, and there was like condominium, which I thought was like that's probably my favorite line in the entire movie. And I don't mean that like sar- I mean it kind of sarcastically, <laughs> but like I love that line where it's like, oh, now I remember, I was a river, but it was bulldozed and made into condominiums. You did it, Shihiro. I remember I was the spirit of the Kohaku River. A river spirit? My name is the Kohaku River. They filled in that river. It's all apartments now. That must be why I can't find my way home, Shihiro. 
I know. I, I don't. They say condominiums, but it's just like, oh, yeah, I know yeah. exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> and like, I, I get. I guess I like that line both in a genuine sense and in a very, very, very ironic sense. <laughs> but at that no, point, that, the movie. But like by the end, because I'm watching, this, I'm like, why is he like? I, he stop. Like he explodes into like a million different shards. And then, like, oh, he can still fly. And I'm like, why is this happening? I'm like, I just watched a movie with a black creature that spits up fake gold and starts eating people. There's a giant woman with a giant head. And there's a bait. I'm like, really? Am I going to start questioning the movie at this juncture? And so it's like, I can move on. It's like, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter to what the movie's trying to convey to me. I, I do agree with that. But what I have thought about that, that scene is that he's kind of like, you know, this, this dragon. Like, he, he can kind of morph into a dragon and fly around that way, and then he has his human form as well, when he remembers who he was and how he's the spirit of that river, it's it's kind of like that that outer shell uh, breaks away, like literally like shards away, and it's just him. It's just him accepting who he is. I find it very similar to earlier in the movie where they think it's the stink spirit, but it's really a sludge spirit that is like just fill, uh, sorry, a river spirit that's filled with garbage. I think of those two things as very similar, where, you know, uh, the original or the first river spirit needed Chihiro to pull all the garbage out to, like, cleanse him in some way to get him back to his original state, where Haku needed more of the remembrance of who he was to shed that layer, Mm -hmm. where Haku's layer was a dragon and the other guy's layer was sludge and trash. Sludge and trash. That's how I've I've thought about it, Zach. (laughs) So I would say I I, uh, I would recommend this is in a similar fashion to how I recommended Fantastic Planet. I think you should watch this with a significant other. I think that this is the movie that you should show someone and you should spurn their sexual advances. Like you should make what? them watch this movie. This what? is the movie where you put it on with a significant other and you don't make any sexual advances. If they do, you tell them no and you tell them to watch this movie. Now listen, what Zach. What pervert are you? This is a win. This is a win-win-win situation. Well, okay, maybe not three wins. Maybe it's like two wins, and maybe you win. Maybe you don't win. But but first, let's say you do what I just said. You you spurn their sexual advances. First off, you get to watch the movie. That's great. Second off, you get to show someone the movie, which is what I'm going for with my late night movies. And third, you get to find out if they're a rapist. And don't <laughs> don't you need to know that if you're that's getting a th- that's the, the third way the rape. Well, no, that's Only the win or the lose. That's the win or the lose. Away. Because because if you tell them no, I want to spirit it away. This is the most <laughs> harmless, innocent, cute movie, and Rob is somehow perverting it. You sicko! You should be on a list somewhere. <laughs> this is such a cute movie. Like, like this is a movie. Like I can imagine. Like this is like. Like yeah, this would be like a, a fantastic. Like, if, if you're you gonna. Some, if they're going to commit rape during this movie, what is wrong with you? Think- Why are you bringing rape into this? <laughs> This is such a cute. Like, this is a movie like you could show anybody. And Rob's thing is like, if somebody wants to have sex, make them watch this beforehand. Like, I can feel the like, much like the Sludge Soul Monster. I can feel the ick just dripping off Rob right no, now. No, you need I a know. bath. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring you to the bathhouse. You need a bath to see if someone else is the is the slimy sludge creature. Like, I'm not talking about you doing any raping. You say I don't want to have sex. And you tell them that, you say, I want to watch this movie. And that's your test to them to see if they're going to rape you or not. Because that's something you should know in a relationship. So you're I, saying I this movie's no rape issue. deterrent. 
I see. No, it's it's like a rape litmus test. It's not <laughs> oh, a term. Jesus. Like it, that's I'm not saying. This is okay. This is probably a better way to put it. Everyone should have a movie like that. A movie that they just want to put on and watch and not do anything else during. This is that movie for me. And I just so happen to use it to spurn sexual advances. I don't think anything's wrong with that, Zach. <laughs> you, like I said, Rob, Rob, Rob is a crazy man. <laughs> Absolutely oh, crazy. <laughs> okay. So, I guess that's that question. We have to get to the real question now, don't we, though? Yes. So... What snack do we eat during this movie? There are so, so many to choose from. I know, I know. There's so many snacks in this movie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the most low-hanging fruit. Uh, roasted newt. You should roast up some newts, and you should eat roasted newt. I've never had roasted newt in the movie. They eat it whole. It looks like they legitimately just took a newt and roasted it. Like there's no bone removal or anything or organ removal. Uh, but apparently, they're a delicacy. Has anyone ever tried it? I don't know. You have to Google that. <laughs> okay, everybody, how you test this out? Before you're about to have sex, get a roasted nude and hand it to your date. And be like, eat the roasted nude or there'll be rape here. And then you never will have to worry about having a date again because you'll never meet someone after that. <laughs> like, that, should be another qual- that should be another qualifier for Cinemati. Will it prevent rape? Yes or no? Only Rob gets to answer that because I can't even think that way. It wasn't prevent; it was test for. <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> Only <laughs> Rob could see this movie because I'm watching this. I'm like, wow, that was a nice heartwarming tale. And Rob's like, okay, honey, do you want to rape me now? <laughs> Pervert! You don't deserve this movie. This movie's better than you. <laughs> Oh, oh man! Where are, where are you, spirited away in Rob's collection? I'll give you a nice home. I'll give you a nice home where there's no <laughs> no no one relates you with rape or, or test for rape. This is this is exactly the response I expected Zach to have in my, in my in my uh, in the odds, my, this the odds were two to one when it came away. to the rape witness test. That everyone everybody would have bet on on your reaction coming out to this. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, okay, food, 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 food. Yeah, food. so roasted newt. Yes, I would roasted love to try newt. roasted newt, but that's the low-hanging fruit. What else you got, Zach? I'm trying to think what other food there is that really, I'm trying to think something that'd be, like, I love, I, I think there should be a buffet, just like the parents eat, except it does not, because that food looked delicious. Oh, yeah. I don't like the idea of turning into a pig. That is a, that is a turnoff for me. <laughs> so I would say when you're watching this, you should have, have a huge buffet with, like, like 12 different types of meat, but you have to make sure you have credit cards or cash. <laughs> what if, um, here's a good question. What if you had celery that you were eating while you were smelling the spirit's food? Would it still turn you into a pig? Cause you're still consuming it in some way. You're just not eating it. You're smelling it. You're inhaling you're, it. Yeah. You're still using it to some extent. Do you think it would still turn you into a pig? I don't know. Do you think it would make a difference if it was, well, it would certainly make a difference, I think. If it was celery that you took from somewhere else in the spirit world, you'd probably be a pig. But if it was celery you brought from home... Well, it's I worth noting that if you eat enough of your... If, if you eat enough of their food, after three days, you'll stop having human stink on you. Oh, that's true. That's true. So I don't know if anything else in the, in the spirit world works that way. So there might be some sort of uh, catch-22 you might have with inhaling food or inhaling the aroma of food. Ah, okay, okay. I would probably do it even if it was going to turn me into a pig. I would probably eat as much food as possible as fast as I could 
and then just accept my life as a as a sow, <laughs> as a piggy. You become a little yeah. piggy. Yeah, I would just I would just chill. I'd be I'd be content with that. I mean, either that or the spirit world working in the bathhouse. What's not to like? What's not to like? Okay. So my my next snack idea, um, I don't even know if it's really a snack. This is something I've never been certain on. Um, when like the first time we get to see Lynn is when she goes into the boiler room and she like gives Kamaji food. And then she starts throwing little, like, star-shaped, multicolored bits at the soot creatures. Yeah. And so at first I was like, oh, that would be a good snack. But I don't know if they eat it, because when they're, like, surrounding her shoes, every single one of them is still just holding one of these things. Like, you, we never see them take bites or eat it. They just hold them and walk around with them. And then the scene ends because she has to go to Yubaba. So I, I don't—did you think they were food? They're like little sprinkles. Yeah, they, like, little, like, they like little marshmallows you would get like in cereal almost. Yeah, it came. It they look food like you know maybe like a like a cereal type of thing or marshmallows like you said, uh, and it, it comes at like a meal time. But there's no confirmation that the soot has to eat that soot that is living from a spell, which is only perpetuated by them working that they need sustenance. Like it's never confirmed. So I don't know if that's a valid snack or not. We may never know. Who do we tweet? Zach, who do we tweet? I don't know. Is, is um, What's his name? Who's the guy who makes all these movies? George Lucas. Not George Lucas. No, <laughs> no it's not George Lucas. Miyazaki. We have to find him on Twitter. Disney. Oh, yeah. Disney, Disney, Disney? Disney will charge you. Disney will charge you first. For a tweet? Yes. If you want just, an answer. Just, just, just send, oh, to get an answer? To, to it's like, like, it's, it's like it. tech support. You have, before you can sit there talking, if you have your credit card number. <laughs> Disney Disney probably has all our credit card numbers already. <laughs> I would imagine so. <laughs> yeah, you're worried about Facebook stealing your data. You should be worried about Disney. Disney. They're the, yeah, how, how, you ever find it funny how like every movie they make does extremely well? Like you think there's no spy thing going on and tapping into the public, the masses to figure out what we're going to feed upon next? Nope. No, I think I think Zach has uh, signed a non-disclosure agreement, and he can't comment on this. Nope, nope. I I'm, think I'm tight-lipped. I'm tight-lipped. Zach is uh, Zach is very intertwined with Disney, I believe. Yes, Disney. It's like, I have a love-hate relationship with Disney. I hate oh. what they're doing, but they have everything I love. <laughs> it's kind of oh. like Rob's. It's like Rob's date rape test. It's like Disney's. Like you'll come see the movie as we. It's like, yeah, rape. <laughs> I was going to say that I'm not. I'm Good. not that again. Rape. Come on, Carl. He hasn't even been here one day. How could he possibly learn the English language? See, all I know is ball and good and rape. Yeah, you know it well. Oh, Zach. Oh, Zach. I like Disney. They gave me Sophia the First. I liked it. I liked the Disney Princess. How many episode. seasons are you into, Sophia the First? How many seasons am I into? I'm not watching in order. I'm kind oh, of watching episodes here and there. So I'm not really sure. You know, sometimes I'll pick an episode and I'll be like, oh, I saw this one. I got to go to the next episode. Because, you know, you do that thing, it's like uh, Netflix, because it's on Netflix, that's where I watch it. Oh. Netflix is, like, after three of whatever, like, there's no time limit on Netflix. If you watch three of something on autoplay, it'll stop and say, are you still watching? And so, like, I'll put something on Netflix, I'll watch the first episode, fall asleep during the second, and then it's like, when I'm searching for episodes later on, I have to keep that kind of chunk of three in mind, that those are the ones that have played, but some of them I haven't seen and things like that. This is incredibly relatable. I'm sure I'm not the only person this happens to. 
I, I don't think it happens to you, Zach. I don't think you use Netflix. Am I right? No, I do not like Netflix. Yes, I mean, I fucking hate Netflix either. It should never ask me if I'm done watching. I'm, I'm Well, I'm actually not even paying for Netflix. I'm using someone else's account. But for 8 or $9 a month, I want to put as much of a load on their servers as I fucking want to. So let me stream Sophia the First for 24 hours while I'm sleeping. Just let me do it. Let me do it. Absolute madman, folks. <laughs> madman. <laughs> oh, do you have any? Do you have any last questions for our spirited away discussion? For our 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 maybe not cinematically late night movie spirited away. <laughs> you you are a sicko, sir. You are a sicko. Well, I mean, I that's feel not comfortable now. That's not you. a that's not a final comment. That's like that's just like knowledge that I've known. That you that's just, that's the basic fact at this point. <laughs> that's the foundation of this podcast. I, I believe. <laughs> Well, if you don't have any questions, then, you, you crazy person, I have one for you. How are we going to end this episode? Have I ever asked you that before? I feel like It never... rings a bell, but I'm not certain. How do we conclude this episode, then? I think we play the Gremlins theme backwards. <laughs> Has it been a while since we talked about Gremlins? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Every episode should end with the Gremlins theme being played uh, backwards. Okay, maybe, maybe. Well, I don't know. I think we should do the, the an inferiority complex song backwards. I don't know. It seems a little played out at this point. What do you mean, play? What, the Gremlins one hasn't been played out? No. How about this? How about this? I'll make you a compromise, Zach. Uh, I want, not right now, but how about we get you to do a little rendition of the Gremlins theme song, and then we'll reverse that for the outro. Yeah! Okay, uh, yeah, I can get on board for that. So, so you know, Zach's going to record it. He's going to stop time and do it right now. He just did it. Time just started again, and we're going to play it. Thanks for listening. The radish spirit, very spirit, the radish spirit, the radish spirit, very spirit, the radish spirit.